Blog Talk Radio.
And thinking about doubt and resistance, it's almost like doubt is a form of resistance for me. Ooh, that's interesting. Is that an interesting idea? Because when I'm in doubt, I am in a state of resistance, but I don't really think that I put those two together before today. But I do think it is. I do think doubt is a state of resistance. And I think that's what I'm really interested to talk about today is that I think resistance takes many different labels and many different names, but um, but it's a very subtle thing, I think, sometimes, resistance. Yeah, and and we will. We'll be able to talk about that. How does resistance show up? Do, what does it look like for you, mm-hmm. for me? And there's so many different ways, and then we get into our habits about, you know, kind of the way we tend to just default Yes, when yes, we yes. are in resistance. And if we know that, we can notice it, but most of the time we don't even <laughs> know it. So much a part of life that it just is what it is. Yeah. So uh, let's, <coughs> let's cough and clear our throat. <laughs> and this is a live radio show. Let's uh, take a little break, and then we'll come back and talk more about resistance and take your calls as well. Oh, got a call coming. All right, very good. Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. And if you'd like to dial in during the show, the number is area code 347-850-1523. We do have a caller from area code 901. And let's switch to our caller now just to see if you have a question or are you simply listening to the show today. Area code 901? Area code 901, are you there? I hear the background noise. And so if you, we may just be having a bad connection. So we are going to put you back on mute. Let's talk about... The idea of resistance? Yeah, let's talk more about resistance. How does that show up? <laughs> Is the phone resisting? They're connecting? Yeah, did, did, did we have um, resistance in the phone line. I, you know, it really when I was thinking about this topic earlier in the week, I was thinking about the subtlety of it and how... As you said, Tracy, I, I like so much for the break in terms of it is it can become kind of a default. And I think I um <coughs> many times will will just say, Oh well, you know, it wasn't meant to be or that's, you know, something higher, better, good kind of thing will come out of it. And sometimes I'll say that when actually I was resisting the initial thing or wasn't open to the goodness of the initial thing. And so then I try to justify not getting what I want, in, in, but really if I look back, you know, my faith wasn't really there. I was resisting some part of the good. It's, and that is, in fact, I had a conversation with someone this week, and that's, I, I can't say it's truth. I can say my perception was, at a certain level, resisting growth, which is resisting change, you know, well, if, if 
if I'm not hearing, if I'm not, if I'm, if people aren't agreeing with me, mm-hmm. if people aren't praising me, then maybe this isn't really what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. If people are giving me feedback that feels negative or even feels harsh or untrue, is there something for me in that feedback that would be about my growth so that I could, you know, be even better or more effective than I am? You know, that resisting feedback. So, I, yeah, so I, in resisting it, I don't feel like I'm resisting it. I'm I'm doing what you said. I'm saying, oh, God must have a different plan for me. Right. And And, and sometimes that's true. And so how do we distinguish between when I'm in resistance, Right. To the direction this would take me, and instead I'm just going to kind of control it and box it up. And it's interesting, too, because I think one of the things we used to say in AA or in treatment centers when someone would come in and they would be saying, you know, I'm not an alcoholic, I'm here because my wife thinks I drink too much or because I lost my job and my boss said I have to come to treatment before I can get my job back. And we would talk about how the disease of chemical dependency of alcoholism is the one disease that tells the person that denial is part of the disease. And so they would so much resist or defend against any kind of statement about, oh, you might have an issue with alcohol. And so right. we learn about in terms of saying, you know, I can't say anybody else is an alcoholic. That's got to be their own journey. Right. And I find with myself that when I'm in denial of something, that when someone says something to me, I now kind of can understand. I have a physical, visible, visible, visible. That's it. That's the word. Reaction within my body that I now can identify when that person is saying something to me that is truth that I'm just in resistance of. And, right. You know, I've learned that my def- through the time of becoming defensive, then I've been able to filter that down into understanding my defensiveness is really a resisting of what this is coming in at me. And so um and I don't think you I don't think we make our best choices when we're in resistance. It's like, you know, oh, you right. can you can tell me something I really don't want to hear and if I'm defensive about it or if I'm in resistance about the fact that you may have some, some piece of truth that's important for me, then I can't really make a good decision. Now, mm-hmm. I may not like what you have to say, or I may not like what's happening to me in, in on the physical plane as a human being. Mm-hmm. And when I can allow that to be and then, you know, take a deep breath and, and think, okay, what could be a good outcome from this? Mm-hmm. Or let me breathe deeply and see if it resonates with me. Uh, at some deeper level. But if I'm not willing to do that and I just resist it and push it away, mm-hmm. push it away, push it away, push it away, then, um, yeah, I'm not making a really good decision using all the data available to me. Right, because I'm in a state of resistance. I'm not in a state of choice. I'm resisting the thing that's coming at me. I'm not looking at everything that's available to me. Yeah, and and one of the spiritual practices that, you know, is so often referred to and often so challenging to do is, you know, the path of non-resistance. Right, right, right. And, you know, when I get in those moments where whatever is being said and, you know, really, you know, the truth be known, too, about what people think or say many times is about the person giving me the feedback. Often. Often. And so a lot of times what I'll try to do is, for me, I do this little um, mayonnaise jar. Have I talked about the mayonnaise jar on the? Because <laughs> yeah, a lot of times people's feedback comes at me so strong that I don't have a boundary. I've had a few little boundary issues in my life. And so so when, you, when Tracy Brown says something to me, it comes all the way in and hits me in the chest. And then... If I'm in resistance of it, I'm just spending all my time trying to push it back, push it back, push it back. So I don't have any real time to kind of look at it because right. I either, it hits me so hard that I have to either, you know, I have to really resist it or it comes in and it just becomes a part of my truth that I don't even know. I didn't get to choose. Right. And so uh, I had a therapist once say to visualize a mayonnaise jar, you know, the glass jar, take the label off of it, make it really, really, really big. 
and then put it over my head so that I'm kind of inside this little glass jar. Uh-huh. See, that's why we need a TV show because Tracy's laughing at me now because there's really no with me. I'm not laughing. I think this is a good little tool. You don't no, keep talking. Yeah. I know it's hard, though. Now I feel bad. Okay. So, uh, so imagine, imagine, I'm actually imagining uh, you okay, inside a glass okay, man. Okay, okay, you Not the tool, but <laughs> they, they, it's a funny picture. It's a okay. mayonnaise jar. See, I need to put my mayonnaise jar on right now. Okay. So then I have my little glass around me that's like two feet, three feet of glass all around me. So when someone says something to me, it hits the glass, and I get to look at it. And I get to say, okay, is this valuable information? Is this a, is this something I can use? Is this something good for me? Is this something about the other person? Is this something that's just kind of neutral? But I get to make choices. And I think when I get into resistance of what someone says, it's because I'm not really looking at it. I'm just I'm just letting it all in right away. And then I'm again I'm spending all my time resisting it. So. If I can visually have that information or that feedback come and hit my glass of my mayonnaise jar, and then I can say, oh, wow, that is really insightful. I need to think about that, or that's probably accurate. Or, you know, I know this person struggled with the same issues, and this is about them, and I'm going to leave it outside my mayonnaise jar. So that helps me in terms of not going automatically into resistance, not having resistance, as you said, be my default. Yeah, which I think for most of us as human beings, um, resi- re- we resist change, right? Because our and it goes back to you know our ever-present show on ego mm. that our ego thinks it's protecting us, and no, right. you know things are we know how to deal with things the way they are, even whether they're good or they're bad, whether we think of them as good or bad, and uh, so. What do you mean? There's a new idea, a new thought, a different way to do it. No, just no. Mm-hmm. We talk about just say yes. Ego <laughs> <Yes>. says just <laughs> say no, unless right. it's something that was my idea. That's right. <laughs> unless it fits with what I had in my mind as exactly. the plan. Exactly. So um, yeah. So I know for me, when I'm I, in resistance, um, I agree with you. There are there's a Physical, physiological, yes. Yes. a physiological kind of reaction that I've learned over the years mm-hmm. to pay attention to and to slow down yes. because I'm reacting and often my reaction is to resist mm-hmm. what somebody is saying or doing or mm-hmm. telling me I should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one thing. The other things that I do that kind of are triggers for me, if I notice, I've been sleeping a lot. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good, good. You know, that kind of combination of sleeping, whether it's physically sleeping or mentally sleeping. So for me, it's kind of sleep, hide, or be indecisive. You know, I just won't make a decision. Right. But it's something I know I need to make a decision, Uh but I just won't make a decision. Uh And it's like I'm resisting. And if I almost always... When that happens, if I meditate or if I get really still and say, okay, Tracy, here's the fact. Here are the facts. For the last three weeks, you've thought about this every day, and every day you said, oh, I don't have to make a decision now. But you know you needed to make a decision last week. Like maybe it's a project mm-hmm. or maybe it's a, um, something that's with a team, a project team I'm working with. And, I, you know, I know I need to give some feedback or I know I need to do something differently. It's like, eh, maybe not. No. Um, and if I get really quiet, then almost always, I'd say 95% of the time, when I stop and intentionally look at it, it's like, okay, this is what you're resisting. This mm-hmm. is what you don't want to do. Or this is what you're resisting. This is what you're afraid of. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm afraid of how that person's mm, going to react, mm-hmm. or I'm afraid that they're going to think something about me that I don't want them to see me that way, or I'm afraid that um, it's hardly ever I'm afraid that I'm going to get really hurt. It's you know, for me, it's almost always I'm afraid of a relationship uh, outcome that either is unpredictable or could be could be difficult. Versus negative. You know, I wonder when you say that, I wonder if 
part of kind of like I was saying doubt is a form of resistance. If resistance is a, the purpose of resistance is to avoid something that I fear. And instead of having to see if that fear is real or true, I resist it versus going ahead and being in the moment and in the flow and letting the natural course take its way and have the outcome be more authentic because I'm scared of what I think might happen, I go ahead and resist and block the whole thing up. Yeah. Kind of like a clogged artery. Speaking of metaphors with the body. Yeah. Really speaking of metaphors with the body. But then right now. Yeah, yeah. And, but, uh, yeah. I think that's true. And that, yeah, there's an underlying fear. Fear, yeah. Which we know fear can take so many forms. So it it may feel like anxiety. Mm-hmm. I'm anxious about it. Well, what is being anxious? You're afraid of mm-hmm. what's going to happen or what you think might happen. Doubt, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a form of, well, I'm afraid that I don't know for sure mm-hmm. how this is going to turn out. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, the umbrella we're talking about or last week we talked about doubt, but resistance shows up to protect us from some level of fear. Fear, yeah. See, that may have been just real obvious to you, but I'm just kind of catching on to that because I think it's really interesting because if I wasn't in fear of something, I wouldn't resist it. There'd be no reason you to resist You would just go right on go and on. do what you need to do, or someone would say something uh-huh. and you would just, it would be truth or it would be untruth or one of you the two, or yeah. around you mm-hmm. or through you. It wouldn't go into you mm-hmm. and then where you have to push back to it. So mm-hmm. that's really interesting. And fear is a very paralyzing kind of thing. And I can see then how it manifests in what you were saying, you know, going to sleep or resisting, I mean, or, you know, um, avoiding or just not I'm deciding. And so if I'm in fear, if I'm resisting, then those are the three ways. And I think, you know, we we often, the word fear makes us think of something big and tangible and, you know, <gasps> reaction. Mm-hmm. But it's the insidious little subtle fear that we have that is like the clogged artery. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it blocks us mm-hmm. from living at 100%, but right. it's so subtle and it builds almost invisibly, that we don't even notice it because mm-hmm. it doesn't keep us from doing most of the things we want to do yes. until it gets to that point where the artery is completely blocked. And then we feel like it's <gasps> a right. big deal. Yeah. Oh, you this know? is a good metaphor, a little article, a little, little, yes, artery. Because I can see it in my mind, the little things building up. And if we, if we, if we worked with each little thing as it built up, we'd keep that path here for the blood to flow through. Oh, this is good. <laughs> and so if we don't, then, then, then exactly as you said, if we don't do our due diligence, do our daily spiritual practice, I wasn't going to say work. Um, Thank you, uh-huh. but you had to, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, you couldn't resist. Then, uh, then the blood continues to flow. Couldn't resist. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and, and there's no blockage, but those little things that we don't do day-to-day build up, and then that blockage feels so huge, and that heart attack, boom, gets our attention. And I absolutely love that because I think that's exactly how my life works, is if I don't pay attention day-to-day-to-day, then that buildup happens, and then I will get a boom. I'll get, you know, a car wreck is my favorite boom. <laughs> in, in one year, like 20 years ago, in one year of my life I had five car I'd be sitting at a stop sign, and these wrecks would happen in front of me, and the cars would smash and total my car. So, you know, life will boom me if I'm not paying attention day-to-day to keep my artery clear. Oh, I'm glad we're recording this. This could be important. <laughs> For me to hear later when I need it and forget 15 minutes after the show's over. <laughs> So I was thinking about what are some of the other ways that uh, that the resistance shows up, and um, and part of that was I was thinking about what is how does it show up for me and for other people I know, and so you know the self sabotage. I, I was um, thinking about a friend who 
has in the last two years been, you know, like decided she was going to do certain things. And she would be real excited about it, but but afraid, too, because they Mm. were kind of big changes. And she would start on the path and do what she needed to do, line things up, and get, you know, 50, 60% toward the goal. Mm -hmm. And then I I can look back now and see that, you know, I maybe have had a conversation with her where she was afraid. You know, it was, well, I'm not sure if this is going to work out, but, I, you know, I've invested nine months in this and toward this, and, you know, instead of seeing the list of 25 accomplishments, she could only focus on the two things that weren't going smoothly. Am I this friend? Are you trying to help me? No, this totally. is not your friend. Oh, I mean, okay. no, this is not about it's you. It's not about me. Oh, okay, just checking. And, uh, no, because if it were you, I'd be saying, <laughs> be more direct. Yeah. yeah, okay, go ahead. Um, and but what I realize now in looking back is that then when she got to that point, she would self sabotage. Mm. She would do something or fail to do something mm-hmm. that would basically make it no longer viable. Mm-hmm. You know, miss an important deadline that she knew about for four months coming up, mm-hmm. and you know, then just say, well, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Yes. Love that. And Love that. it's like nobody outside of her did anything mm-hmm. that would make it not happen. And now she is in this place, this emotional place of, you know, how we talk about the universe is conspiring for your good. And she's in living in an experience of the universe is conspiring against me. Right. Nothing I can ever, nothing I ever do turns out well. And, you know, it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. I, I do. She's in victim place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, a lot, not all maybe, but a lot is that because she has fear of the success mm-hmm. or fear that she can really have the success, she ends up self-sabotaging along the way, mm-hmm. you know, which is different from someone who, you know, works on things and it seems like all these other indicators come from outside of them. You know, even though that that's a whole nother spiritual conversation. Is there really anything that's from outside, outside of me? <laughs> right. But that's a that's a different conversation and a different topic. Um, you know, how we react to that is that good information when people are giving me feedback or when people are um not supporting me financially or not doing what they said they would do, you know, yeah, that that's less self-sabotage and just, okay, how am I going to deal with all of these things? And, you know, when I think about that, I'm reminded of a roommate I had years and years and years ago where absolutely everything didn't go her way. And it was fascinating because this long before I got into any kind of science of the mind thinking, or but, but I just had this idea that there had to be something that she was doing. So I started kind of trying to watch and trying to figure out if there was something she was doing to create these really dramatically bad things that happened in her life. And there wasn't. I mean, these things were just randomly. It's like at every opportunity the light was green for her or, you know, she would break a bone where somebody else would just normally, you know, just have a bruise. I mean, bad things happened to this poor woman. And the more I got to know her, the more I understood that six months, a year, two years before I knew her, she had set up this pattern of thinking that really was a resistance to anything good coming in, and she would absolutely resist or deny or say, oh, no, that can't happen, or I can't take that opportunity, or I can't be a part of that because it might not work out. She had resisted all these things that were coming in to get her into a better position, emotionally, financially, and spiritually. And so then when I came into her life, she was absolutely in that stage of life where everything literally was working against her. So it was real hard to say, but because I didn't know her before until I started asking her questions and learning about her past. And so then, boy, isn't it, I think it's immensely, it can be immensely difficult to then understand, well, these really bad things are happening to me today, but, you know, I'm still kind of responsible for them, and I've somehow got to dig my thinking out and start, you know, shoveling away um, what's in front of me, the blocks that are in front of me. 
there's a, a gentleman that's smart in my life that helps me. And this morning I had breakfast with him, a guy named Carl Hunt, very smart man. And he was talking about someone he was reading, talked about how many times in our lives there's just all these weeds that have grown up, blocks that are in our lives, that really all we have to do is clear out the weeds and the tree and the fruit and the river and the oasis. is We're standing in the middle of it, but we can't see it because of all the weeds. And so sometimes the work is just getting rid of the weeds and not really moving or doing anything other than that. Yeah, I love that. And I so, so can relate to the idea that, you know, what it is that we truly believe about life and about our our experience of life is what will show up. And so we know what that is, whether we like it or not, whether it's easy or not, we, we will still resist mm-hmm. change. Even when, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of laughing because it's even when it's something I say I want. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's that, you know, you, you remember, who's, is that Marianne Williams' quote? Or you, it's not her quote, but we attribute it to her about the thing we really fear is success. Yeah, no, it is a Marianne Williamson quote. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we basically are afraid to live large and we don't empower ourselves or other people by living small. Mm-hmm. And what we really feel fear is how magnificent we really are. Right. So that's really what we're resisting is our magnificence. <laughs> that's just screwed up. <laughs> screwed up would be a good way, uh, way to describe it. It would. Screwed up would be a really good way to decide it. And that's why we always talk about the importance of saying yes mm-hmm. to spirit and to the good that spirit has in store for us. Um, and to really trust, believe that it is there for us and we just have to kind of step into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not resist it. And, it. and it is an amazing thing. I think one of the, one of the, we never talk about this as a spiritual practice or a spiritual tool, it's not a practice, but it's a tool, is being in line or in tune with my body. And um, I did this thing once for like six months to try to, Someone has explained to me that my body, that all the different parts of my body will respond to emotion differently. And so I was trying to identify, okay, when my hands feel, you know, kind of moist or nervous, you know, what is that? What am I doing? What am I feeling emotionally? What is the experience of hand? When I have this tightness in my neck, what's the feeling? What's the experience? And so I really was able to start to identify how my body is feeding me this information about my experience if I pay attention. Yes. And that is an interesting tool, and I, I don't remember talking about that before, but in terms of getting information that my body is really on my side too, because everything's conspiring for my good, my body is trying to fire off, oh, you know, you're feeling fear, don't act, or you're feeling, you know, this. And to try to exactly. help me. Exactly. Yeah, we do. When in the um, work that uh, I do around trust uh-huh. and healing and be- trust and betrayal and healing, there is a part in a that that a lot of the focus is on trusting other people, hmm. and um, and what hap- What do you do when other people betray you, or you know they don't do what they said they were going to do? And how do you heal that? What kind of conversations do you have? How do you translate that into something you can actually work with? Mm. But there's a part of the work that really is about self-trust right, and self-betrayal right, and healing from that. And in both cases, um, there's a lot of power. We'll do body maps uh-huh. and really to stop and think, you know, where does trust show up when I'm feeling trusting so it's not just kind of the negative side it's the positive side too when I'm feeling trusting when I am feeling trusted right how does that feel you know where do I feel the warm part in my body where do I feel relaxed where do how does that show up right and then on the other side if I'm feeling not trusted or I feel like someone's broken my trust 
how does that show up? And it's amazing when you when I've done this with, you know, participants, all different ages, all different backgrounds, and how often the things that are resistance and that are betrayal really, you know, show up as pains and physical things. Uh-huh. You talk about my stomach was uh-huh. churning or um you know, hurt. my heart oh, is yeah. broken. My heart is racing. Yeah. You know, or my heart is racing the anxiety. And so it's you can actually start seeing the patterns when you do that kind of reflection. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, the application of that is next time you're in an argument with your boss or next time you go to uh, uh, an event and you're feeling like... Um, someone that that you're kind of invisible, you know, it's like, wait a minute, where am I feeling this? Oh, okay, that's about me being anxious or me digging my heels in to make a point, but I'm really being defensive and I'm feeling that little tightness across the bottom of my neck. Uh Yeah, so I think that, that we can't say that enough for people to really look at how we feel and um, how that begins to show up. Do we have another caller? Or is that the same one trying to get through? We can try. It's a technological thing, you know, the whole phone, computer... If you're calling from area code 305, do you have a comment or a question? <laughs> it's a, one it's of a the phone things, thing. Well, no, one of the things I love about uh, this platform is that it uh, allows um, listeners to call in and listen by phone and not... Um, not necessarily have to talk. And so if you are on the line, and there are, there are a few people on the line, if you would like to talk, just you know, hit the number one and we'll get a raised hand. Otherwise, we we will trust that you are just simply listening into the show by phone, which might be more convenient than by, um, than by listening on the computer. Oh, and so it gives you a prompt to, to hit one. If you want to be having a little raised hand, see, no, I didn't know that. That's very cool. So um, resistance. You know, I um, think about resistance and I think about in terms of lessons learned and how to apply my, my, you know, looking at the whole pattern of the journey. And I really do think sometimes there has been moments where my resistance has been a protection, and perhaps I wasn't ready for something, and so I was resisting. There, there was a part of me, a higher sense of something that, you know, maybe my, I'm trying to decide as I'm talking out loud, if the resistance possibly was good for me, and it was telling me I really wasn't ready for this yet, and I don't know if that's really necessarily true, um, but I can see where something maybe was presented to me and I resisted it, and I really, when it came back around a second time and I was open to it, I see the value of what it was the second time was much different than the first time. I appreciated it more. I had more something. And, and I'm wondering aloud if that if resistance ever can have a positive purpose or, you know, a, a um, you know, serve, serve a good. I think it does. I mean, I, I think there are lots of times where where it is important to resist other people defining what's important to us. I think it's important mm. to resist um, spontaneous or impulsive actions and reactions to new things when we haven't consciously said or intentionally said, wow, what is that? And what does it have for me? Mm-hmm. You know, do, and make a choice about it. So I think resistance. Oh, so that might not be resistance, though. That might be just taking time. Maybe I'm perceiving that as resistance, but it really is what it is, is, is choosing. 
slowing it down in because order to choose. It's to not resisting what okay. is. It's evaluating. Have what information do I have? What information do I need? Let me evaluate how that plays in my life and and then choose. So that is different than resistance. Because as I'm hearing you talk, I think, well, that's not really resistance. That's just being that's just being thoughtful or slowing down the process. I think sometimes what, how that shows up is initially as resistance. Mm. And then if you notice it, wow, I'm just really not wanting to, wanting to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I just really am not going to take that in. And then I say, yeah, geez, I, I'm just, re- why am I resisting that? Leslie normally has really good ideas that I think, you know, I'm in alignment with. So why am I resisting that particular suggestion? So noticing that I'm resisting it Uh gives me an opportunity to then evaluate and choose. Then I'm not in resistance anymore. I've made a choice. Okay, so so the initial resistance could be a good thing if I don't stay in it. Is that what we're saying? Well, yeah, I think a lot of... You know, doubt's not a bad thing in itself. It serves a purpose, and I don't need to stay in it. Mm-hmm. But I, but it happens. It's a natural, seems to be a natural human reaction to situations or people or things. And so my job is to notice when I'm experiencing that and then decide if that's what I want to continue experiencing. Does this bring me more God? You know, more good, more, more good, God more, God. more good, or do I want to choose something different that will bring me more God and more good? Mm-hmm. So I think resistance, in some ways, in many ways, is the same thing. That it happens, we don't. It it happens because we're reacting to something, either from ourselves, from our deepest knowing and want, desire, or to something that happens outside of us, but. It's our choice, it's our responsibility to notice the resistance and then make a choice. It was so almost there three-fourths of the way. Yes, but yes, so the idea is that the idea is that possibly it can, it could be a, a purposeful thing, but for a very small period of time. And if I continue to resist it, then that's when it becomes less than good for me. Oh, well, that's interesting because, okay, I wasn't really there. And what that what that triggered for me, when you put it that way, is that you're seeing resistance as a, as a bad thing with a judgment. And I'm, I just see resistance as something that happens, that is. And then... You don't categorize everything as good and bad, black and white. That doesn't, that doesn't uh, happen for you? I'm sorry, oh no. Oh, my goodness. And so it's like resistance <laughs> happens, and it's what I do with it uh-huh, uh-huh. that brings more good into my life or not. So resistance in itself doesn't have a... Holds no value. Has no power, yeah. No power. It's what I do about it. Right, right. And if I don't, if I don't, if I don't hold it up and look at it, it, I give it lots of power, and that could have, that could have outcomes that I might label as positive or negative. Example, because we mostly keep what keeps coming up is, so I'm in resistance, I'm in resistance, and it's taken over, and it's in resistance is in control and all these bad things happen. So flipping the script a little bit, from a spiritual perspective, a lot of people will talk about the importance of resisting worldly values, resisting the ways of the world, choosing God, resisting the devil and, you know, choosing God. Um, And so in that sense, if you're going to put values of good and bad on resistance, then resistance becomes good because I'm able to resist all these qualities that are not qualities of God. So then is that more in terms of using resistance as a discipline to stay, you know, within the pattern of my daily practice? Yeah, I mean, I'm resisting the desire to, you know, stay in bed, but I get up and go to the 
meditation. Yes, I think that's what I'm saying. Okay. And I and and it's for me. I have to admit, it's a little bit of simply an intellectual or academic discussion because I don't see myself doing a lot of that. I don't think of resisting the evil power, you know, I don't, because I believe there's only one God, there's only right. one power. And so um, from a spiritual perspective, I'm always choosing good, choosing God, and that's what my daily choice is. To That's my, my intention, mm-hmm. to choose. Um, and I, I want to choose what I want, not resist what I don't want. Because for me, I believe if I'm resisting what I don't want, I'm giving what I don't want a lot of power. The famous, what I resist, persists. However, um, it just comes to mind that a lot of people use resistance in that context. Um, It's important to resist the ways of the world. It's important to resist the devil. And in that sense... Temptation. Resist temptation. And in that sense, for, you know... um, in 12 steps, resist drugs, resist alcohol, resist, you know. There, and in essence, people would be proud of the fact that they are resisting. Yeah, interesting. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So. It's a little bit of both and. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So I know, yeah, it, it is a little bit of an academic discussion for me, but I know for a lot of people that's very real. Yes, those of us living in this world of yes. <laughs> you are so ridiculous. It, it, it is uh, the idea of you know resisting something that's not good for me. <clears throat> then, if we take that to what you're saying, which I really believe is that whatever we get power to persist. If I am resisting not drinking and spending all my time thinking about not drinking. Am I really then just perseverating and bringing more thoughts of not drinking into my life? Well, you're still thinking about the drink, the right. drink that you can't have, the right. drink that you don't allow yourself, versus choosing non-alcoholic beverages as my preference. Yes. Choosing yes. lemonade, choosing yes. iced tea. Yes. I'm thinking about I'm not going to choose yes. the glass of wine. I'm not going to yes. choose you know, the martini. I'm I'm not, I'm not. Well, uh-huh. yeah, but it's in your mind, it's uh-huh. in your words, it's uh-huh. in your thoughts, uh-huh. when instead you could be filling it with, you know, I choose to drink things that are whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. your choices are. Isn't that just a subtle little thing, but isn't that huge it is. to how our life turns out? It is huge, and uh, in all aspects of our lives, uh-huh. you know, just thinking about how we could be applying this. So, um, yeah, it's you know, you could make a list of what things do you seem to be resisting in your life. You know, I'm resisting the I'm resisting the belief that. Um, this is an abundant universe. I know it intellectually, but I'm resisting that I, that it's true for me, you know, because I'm I'm resisting, you know, all the things that would be that would be different, or you know, I'm resisting um, that the right I'm resisting inter going out on interviews because. I don't think anybody's going to hire me. I mean, I'm thinking of a friend who, you know, really doesn't believe, you know, doesn't want to face the difficulty and the challenge of people. Do make a decision. But if you don't even go out and interviews or send out resumes, then you're, you're guaranteeing that you won't get interviewed. So then nobody has to say I'm t- that, you know, that you're too old or you're too overqualified or you don't have enough experience in our industry and all this stuff that, you know, that she believes she's going to hear. Again, I just want to qualify. We're not talking about me. No. Okay, good. Yes. 
Do you want us to talk about you? Do you want me to give an example that's specific to I'm totally, you? you know, I need a little bit of that example to be about me. No, no. But it is interesting that the idea that we really do uh, resist taking responsibility and accountability for what we've created. I mean, if we, the ultimate resistance, I think, for me is that. Yeah. In terms of looking at the state of my life, the state of my house, the state of my finances, the state of my relationships, the state of my spiritual program, the state of my, you know, affairs. Right. And I can look at all of that and I see different levels of resistance in taking responsibility for what that looks like. Yes. And there's this fabulous new show, I forget, what is it, Till Debt Do We Part? D-E-P-T, this is financial planner that comes and lives with these couples for oh, like a month. Oh, gives them a different goal for every week uh, and they have to do uh, it. I saw that one. <laughs> this couple was on there and it was fun to watch how they could resist taking responsibility for the fact that they have $183,000 in credit card debt, which made me feel better because mine is 172000 So, you know, but I mean, it was unbelievable to watch them try to deflect all of her, you know, statements that got stronger and stronger in saying, you know, this is how you got yourself here. I mean, they wanted to blame, you know, he lost his job. They wanted to blame that their mother didn't help him anymore. They wanted to blame all these other things instead of seeing, you know, my decisions, my lifestyle, my belief has got me here. And And she made a really interesting point. You know, she said, as long as you... She said, I might as well leave. As long as you still are there, you're not going to change. You have no energy. You have no ability to move into something different because you're so spending all your time defending and, you know, um, justifying what was, blaming. You're not into any kind of state of mind that would propel you into something different. Uh, Which just goes back to our whole belief about change your thinking, change your life. And it's not right. just what you say, it's what you really believe, you know, what you really, yes. really believe yes. underneath yes. what you say, Right. And, you know, that drives what you do and how you show up. And, yeah, if I really believe it's somebody outside of me that is uh, creating this and making it happen and deciding what's best for me, and if I really believe that I don't have any... any Choice responsibility oh, yeah. or, or for that or any choice in that, then yeah, it is fascinating, and the resistance comes out as defensiveness and justification in that kind of time. I think the bottom line is the resistance to do anything about to get into action to be positive. The resisting that and how that played out was being defensive and justifying and 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 ultimately getting really angry. <laughs> I thought the husband was going to hit the debt lady at one point. <laughs> so, you know, it's so well, fascinating. Well, like they were a perfect match for one another, though, because mm-hmm. often what happens is, you know, one partner yeah. has one way, and you know, or maybe would be in that place of it's, some, it's always somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm. And the other partner would be the one trying to be like, no, we, we need to control this. We need to have a budget. Mm-hmm. We need, you know, and then there's all this conflict between them. But it sounds like in that example, they were both on the same <laughs> side of the scale, yeah. which is why it was so out of balance. Right. There's no resistance along their path downward. Okay. Their spiral was resist-free because they really both, they both uh, affirmed their own little sad reality. Pretty nice thing. So let's bring this all back to, uh, or start bringing this all back to why it's important to say yes to spirit or how by saying yes to the guidance of spirit, we can avoid or move away from the resistance that's not helpful for us. Well, if I'm saying yes to spirit, I am not in resistance. I mean, they're kind of oil and water. They can't happen at the same time. I don't think. Yeah, I guess so, because if I'm saying yes to spirit, then everything that's happening is part of 
a divinely ordered universe, and it is all conspiring for my good. So even if it's something that feels uncomfortable or something I just flat out disagree with mentally at this moment, if I'm saying yes to spirit, I truly would believe that good must come of this. And sometimes that saying yes to spirit pushes us, pushes me into, you know, bigger, better, that I that I may more naturally resist out of the old thing, the Marianne Williams idea. So, but if I'm saying yes and I say yes and I just keep saying yes, then that increases my faith that makes larger my container for good. And, um, yeah, I think that if I'm saying yes to spirit, if I'm working my spiritual practice and using my spiritual tools, then I, then resistance doesn't really come up. I might, you know, hit a bump or, you know, take a bit of a, like a respite on a plateau kind of thing, but I don't think, I don't think I would be in resistance if I was saying yes to spirit, when I'm saying yes to spirit. Yeah, it is kind of hard for both, for those two to coexist when you talk about it that way. And I'm wondering, as we look at spiritual tools of how to get out of resistance, um, you know, a spiritual tool of journaling sometimes can be a really powerful way because if I'm journaling what's happening, sometimes when I go back and read something, I'll be like, oh, my goodness, I was so resisting that particular thing and I was writing, my whole writing was just like a defense you know? I wrote a page and a half defending or ju- or judging, you know, and I think that now that I'm thinking about those two things, when I'm feeling, you know, that I need to defend or I need to judge, I'm probably in some form of resistance. And in my journal writing, that can sometimes really present itself pretty clearly um, when I go back and read it. Yeah, it's like, you, but you need to get it out. Yes. And you need to get it down, and then it goes deeper when you look at it later. Um, yeah, I think that's true. Let's see if any other spiritual practices come to mind to eliminate resistance. Well, you know, I just did this two-week class on personal spiritual rituals, Uh and one of the things I did in preparation for that was I asked lots of people, like, what do you do as your own little personal spiritual practice? Um, and a lot of people, you know, shared things they do to start their day, and a lot of other people shared things they do in the middle of the day when they are moving, when they recognize they're not in alignment with oh, spirit. Uh-huh. And so uh, one that just came to mind as we've been talking about resistance is someone who said um, that whenever she has to deal with her mother, she has now trained herself really as a spiritual practice mm-hmm. to breathe deeply. Mm. And that in that breath and in forcing herself to take deep breaths, she doesn't react and she doesn't resist that her, the, the, the reality that from her perspective it is a reality that her mother is very difficult and demanding. And, you know, they, they're just two different. And so the deep breathing becomes a way for her to stay fully present and to to say, this my mother is also a child of God, and she is who she is, and she doesn't have to be like me, and I don't have to be like her. You know, we have not said breathing as a spiritual tool, but that is an amazing, and exactly as you say, just a deep breath changes everything. 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 So that kind of rounds out our discussion today. And next week... Uh, Enemy? Really? Enemies? Enemies. They, enemies. <laughs> enemies. Okay. Enemies. And uh, how does saying yes to spirit help you deal with this concept? This concept. Of okay, enemies, right. This concept of enemies. In the meantime, during the week, please visit us at GodInMyDay.com for a daily dose of inspiration. And ReclaimJoy.com. And ReclaimJoy.com where you can buy the newly released Reclaim Joy Journal. Until next week, say yes Yes to spirit.
in a purse. In her purse. In her purse. Alexa, play Imagine Dragons. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.